0: real news welcome everyone to the Tory says show i'm your host tori so today is the last day of march it's march 31st 2020 um you know they've extended this whole uh coronavirus kung flu all the way up to april 30th so we got another 30 days of this they're expecting a peak and tons of stuff going on. So as always, Monday through Friday, 12 to 2, I'm here live um, for you. And I'll mention this again in the second hour for those that hop on uh, lunchtime at that time. Um, I actually have a call scheduled for 3 p.m. Eastern time with um, the Subscribestar people because... For some reason, they're not updating. I can see it on my end, but you guys can't see it. So they're going to walk me through it because uh, I was on a. What is it called? Like, I didn't know that they did probationary periods. I guess, you know, this whole, you know, silencing you on the internet. I, I guess the last ones in regards to um, communications uh, were a bit. So we're going to see how that works out. Today, I managed to reboot my computer after I formatted it one million times. Like, uh, it's just so annoying um, to be able to use audio, which is pretty much something that we need. Uh, so that way I can play bits that are important for you to listen uh, to, so you can understand where we're at. Um, on one note, you know, I noticed yesterday Chris Cuomo was having an interview with his brother who. Apparently has nipple rings, um, the governor of New York. And, uh, and what I noticed was weird is that he had a chair right in front of the staircase, which was... I would assume that it's probably because he shifted his furniture to like tuck himself in the corner of that basement hallway or whatever. But why put it in front of the stairs? That's like... For me, that's like a pet peeve. But today, this morning, it broke that uh, Chris Cuomo of CNN has coronavirus. And, you know, we should talk about coronavirus just a little bit. And um, you guys, I, I love Dr. Oz. Um, he's a very good diagnostician, uh, even though he's a by trade cardiologist. He's a diagnostician, um, a pretty good one, too, because he's a no frills kind of guy. And i uh, this morning, he was on Fox and Friends, and I wanted to play that clip for you guys, those of you that weren't up and watching it, uh, where you can hear him break down, and I'll break down the medical ease language uh, so you can understand how things function. Because he throws out other medications, some of you are already taking, like Losardin, Lusar- uh, uh, you know, that's for blood pressure, and I'll explain how that works so you understand where they're going with this. Uh, because as I've said from the beginning, uh, we're not looking at One virus. We're looking at a multitude of versions of this virus, and it is highly—it's designed with high specificity, and this is why um, you know they don't know how to tackle it because you know if it's specified for Joe next to me to be a target, and I'm not Joe, but you know we share some biochemistry that is similar, it will respond way different to me than it will to Joe. And, um, you know, that's important that we understand it because it's behaving um, like a superbug. It's no different than the flu. Don't get me wrong. It is a flu. It's a common cold. It's just on steroids and it's highly specific, uh, which again, uh, points to a bioweapon. And the fact that there have been different versions deployed across the planet makes it all more sinister. So, um, I'm going to play this clip for you guys so you can listen to what they're doing on the medical side of it. And it's not, I mean, you know, we're not seeing what they're telling us. There's people right now, you know, there's a hashtag going around film your hospital where people are going to the hospitals to see what's up. And everyone's like, oh, well, the patients are being treated inside, not outside. And it's like, all right, go inside. It's dead. Um, Democrats, Occupy Democrats on Facebook put some ER nurse saying that they're in panic and all these people are being intubated. What she lacked to say is that those are the older people. Do you know how many people get intubated a day? Ask me how many times, you know, a week I speak to families that don't speak English that have their own loved ones get intubated because they went in for hip surgery and got, you know, um, you know, pneumonia just from being in the hospital and were intubated during the process and were prone to the infection. Blah, 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 blah. Tons. So the fact that she's sitting there spreading disinformation, people need to find out where she works and report it. That's what the I, I went on Facebook and I reported the video uh, from Occupy Democrats that just pushes fear because <laughs> it's not as crazy as they make it sound. What's crazy is is that if you actually have a case of COVID nineteen uh, from a person where it was designed to cause harm or someone that has you know, uh, the biochemistry or the, uh, compromised immune system where it would allow this virus to fester, right? Uh, you know, it's horrible because you don't know how to respond to it because it responds to everyone differently. I mean, we know it goes by angiotensin too. We know that anti-HIV medications are helping because HIV is also a virus. And, you know, people aren't knowing how to respond. I mean, the medical community doesn't. You want to help your patient. And then you have the people that are looking to cash in on this. Like it's ridiculous. They really want to cash in on this, like make money just like all the senators and Congress people now investigated, not so much for the sales, but so much for the purchases before the sales. So let's, let's head it off with this first. Let's go.
1: Yesterday, they said it was 70,000 tons of I love New York, but they're going to be serving people who don't have COVID. But here's the problem. It just takes one case of COVID-19 on that ship
2: to potentially turn it into something that we've seen in cruise lines, doesn't it? You're right, but they're pretty careful about this. Uh, I, I think, it, first of all, it's a great example of how the federal government can play a positive role from, just from the, the, the vision of having a ship, Navy ship come into port to help you out. It raise, raises morale. And there are risks, no question, about some of COVID-19 coming in, but they're meticulously monitoring everybody. That's the whole point of separate facilities for COVID-19 patients and, and folks who have the ailment. And there's another hospital, Field Hospital, that's in Central Park, uh, built by Samaritan's Purse that's only taking COVID-19 patients. So we're pretty careful about this. And there are ways of screening it. As soon as any symptoms are demonstrated, at least that in, in that setting, you can rapidly change that. It's all
0: Here's the thing. I just want to say something. Patients that have had influenza A and B come back with COVID-19. Even though their tests are negative, they will test they will test negative. It's when they do the scans, when they do the bronchoscopy, that they see it's COVID-19, which tells you what? Ah, that this accentuates anyone who may have or may not had gotten a vaccine for the flu. This is why Facebook, I'm just going to say this, had. Banned, and I actually posted an article from veteran, disabledveterans.org where the Department of Justice was actually speaking to the veterans saying that people that have gotten vaccinated for the flu are, you know, 30% more likely to get COVID 19. And that's because if you test positive for influenza A or B, uh, you know, and you had gotten the flu vaccine, you're more than likely going to come back with a whip of COVID-19. And this is factual. And so I don't know how they're saying they're testing and they're trying to say, you can't really test for it because there was a radiologist from Mount Sinai that had influenza A, went back to work. And then the next day he had COVID-19 and he was tested. He was intubated. He was horrible. He was drowning in his own you know, lung fluid, collapsed lung, the whole nine years yards and they tested him for COVID-19 and it kept coming up negative. They actually, because it was one of his own, put him under general anesthesia, went in there with scopes and looked at the damage, the structural damage that was done on the lung, which is what they see COVID-19 does to say he's got COVID-19. And they gave him, you know, the good combo of, you know, the reinforcement of, uh, the medication of, um, anti-malaria drugs that we spoke about, on air here a month ago. All right. We, my listeners already knew about the anti-malaria drugs from my, you know, once upon a time (laughs) stories. Um, So this is where we are at. We do not know how this affects. If influenza A is causing the same damage as COVID-19, this means that every single person they test, they must test for all flu strains that are known, not just COVID-19, because designer virus meets other virus, it kind of morphs into super designer virus, specifically just for you. So I wanted to point that out.
2: It's all a positive from my perspective. But the big issue is the testing. They have to test in that hospital. And the president spoke about this yesterday. We've done a million tests now in this country. But that's the solution that all of us need. Because without that testing, you just don't know. So the commander of the comfort doesn't know. That hospital director doesn't know. The governors don't know. And the president doesn't know if you don't test people adequately.
3: Yeah. Dr. Oz, it's funny you mentioned that because the the president yesterday in his press briefing, he pulled out one of those rapid tests that are being distributed starting today. Listen to what he said. If you missed it at home.
4: Today, we reached a historic milestone in our war against the coronavirus. Over one million Americans have now been tested more than any other country by far, not even close, and tested accurately. As the president mentioned today, the United States hit more than one million samples tested, a number that no other country has reached. We're now testing nearly 100,000 samples a day, also a level that no other country has reached.
3: Dr. Oz, I want you to respond to that. And also, uh, we were talking, Brian mentioned the map of you can see where people, the fevers are going down. Why is that if you have Dr. Fauci saying the peak is going to be in a week or two? What do we believe? Is it, are we getting better? Are we going to see a peak in a week?
2: Well, I, I think both are true. The reality is the fever comes first. The person then sort of struggles for a couple days. Then they finally go to the hospital in New York City because there's no room. We'll do everything we can to keep you out of the hospital. When you finally get admitted a week or 10 days later, it shows up a statistic. Uh, that the governor can show and say, hey, listen, here's the data on hospital admissions or even mortalities, which will lag in another week or two down the road. Because you don't go to the hospital and die. You go to the ICU from there and then you get intubated, then you struggle, then you, God forbid, you die. So the numbers all make perfect sense. And I think Brian, might, he, maybe could be an epidemiologist going forward because he's right. What we're seeing now is a, is a slow decline of the rise that we were seeing. So we're no longer are we doubling numbers of people going to the hospital every two days, now it's every six days. And that should peak based on the Chinese data over the next two weeks. But of all the numbers we follow, the most important number is what the president just said, a million tests done. That number means we can finally decide in a targeted way exactly what we're going to do. It's just, we can take sniper shots at problems rather than having to blast everything with a shotgun. That gives us so much more opportunity to correct the problems we're facing.
0: Well, it helps correct the problems that we're facing even though we don't have patient zero and we really don't know what happened. So it's kind of like you have to find out what this problem is but we're in the United States of America where we have three distinct strands from what I see uh, from the data that's provided uh, you know, freely to all scientists across the planet and if you don't know patient zero what you want to do is collect enough data a million tests that's a lot of tests and the majority of them are not even positive but what you have to do is the DNA is reaching 100,000 a day. That's pretty big. Okay, 100,000 a day of passing through. That's pretty big. And I saw that the Cleveland Clinic has drive throughs where people are voluntarily going to test themselves, which contributes to the data, of course. And you know how I feel about that. But in essence, in order to fight something, you need to provide the data in order to crunch the numbers and figure it out. So what do you do? Not provide the data and just let it ride or provide the data. And the thing is, the data right now that we're getting is not supporting this infodemic that we are going through. It is not supporting it at all. This is being blown completely out of proportion. And the this wave thing, again, has to do with those that had been previously vaccinated for other flu strains. That will be exhibited. It'll die down. And then it'll come back with a vengeance because it meets if they were infected, but not, um, it didn't, exasperate on that end for COVID-19 like that radiologist from Mount Sinai. You guys could Google that up and we'll duck, duck, go it up, whatever you want to do and find his story and his timeline, which had him go back to work. And in a matter of three, four days struggling to breathe, um, you know, in the, be- at the beginning of March. So the second wave that they're expecting is probably from all the people that have been inoculated with specific cohorts of the viruses. And if you notice, we have, more of an aggregation in certain cities which means maybe they all had that cohort of the flu vaccine which would make sense because well, you and me can go to the same clinic but when you get your flu vaccine or if i get one which i never would i don't i don't vaccinate viruses because it's useless um uh, you know you sit there and you're gonna get another batch of group depending on your demographics and the data that Obamacare so nicely shares with everyone then I will so it seems that a, a huge cohort may have been in these cities where we're seeing it aggregate number one being that nursing home in Seattle which probably had the same distribution of uh, you know pneumonia and flu vaccines but you know no one's looking into that uh, they're just looking at how to fight it rather than see, okay, why did it spread? I'm more of the person as to why is this? how? Why? Why, why, why? It's not, let's get a band aid. Why? Because if you understand the why, the answer then is right in front of you.
4: Yeah, that box, we got to get that box out. So we get a quick results on these tests. You don't need the reagents. So let's talk about immunity. How do we build immunity in our system to kill the virus early? What could you tell us about
2: examples of progress there? Treatment. So I'll go through this list. There's, there's going to be four, four different categories. I'm going to leave immunizations to the side, although I'm very happy that Johnson & Johnson got a big government contract to, to, get, to really uh, scale this up. We have a bunch of companies doing this. God bless them all. They all work in slightly different ways, and I'm very confident that some of these will pan out for next year. But what do we do in the meantime? So here's four different categories. The first thing is you build up your innate immune system. And there's a couple ways of doing this, and I've got some list, you'll put them up on the screen. The first item that I'm going to point out, and and, and this is critical, is that you can enhance the immune system with convalescent plasma therapy, which is you give uh, immunoglobulins antibodies made by someone who recovered into someone who's deathly ill. And that seems to, to, to jumpstart them. There was a nice article in JAMA, one of our biggest medical journals, showing four out of five patients did really well with this program. Four or five people who are, you know, these people are all dying basically, and the fifth person is still alive. That's good news. And interestingly, high dose vitamin C might play a role here which is one of the reasons we think vitamin C helps to shorten the duration of of a common cold. So it's probably worth considering in high doses in New York hospitals and other facilities are testing it, but the jury's still out. By the way, I'm going to go through this list. It's all going to be on uh, uh, foxnews.com. I'll put it on my social media feeds as well. There's a lot more. There's a hundred different ideas out there that are being tried. Next up, you want to prevent the virus. If your immune system is not strong enough, you don't want the virus to get into the cell. So how do you block it from getting into the cell? Well, that's where hydroxychloroquine plays a role. We've been talking about it a lot. That's the the malaria drug
0: remember guys, I explained this to you a couple weeks ago, that this drug creates a fortress around your cells. So it can't piggyback and it can't go in, right? It just can't penetrate. It's like thick skin, like the moot that you have around a castle. Remember, this is why the parasite can't travel and infect you. This is why you take anti-malaria drugs for four weeks before you travel. And I've taken it many times in my life. And even times where, you know, a trip was canceled or we went to another area, um, you know, I still took it, didn't do anything and just re forces to not be penetrated by other um, foreign agents, which, and I'm going to tell you this straight, the fact that there's so many different ways to target this also tells you that it's a smart virus and that it has nanotechnology incorporated. But, you know, conspiracy.
2: We believe that's one of the mechanisms by which it might play a role. I actually corresponded with Didier the, the physician leading the trials in France. You know, they're going to have 500 patients on these uh, combination with and the, the ZPAC uh, this week. And he, he's, if he could, he'd add zinc because he believes high-dose zinc uh, which could potentiate the action and that's something you can do at home frankly, you take a low dose now if you desire but doesn't, we don't have evidence of that. But high-dose if you get ill might make sense. The third major area is if the virus, if your immune system can't catch it and it penetrates into your cells, well then the question is how do you block its replication?
0: Oh, wait, I wanted to go back. While he was talking about anti-malaria, he skipped over. The jury's still out on Lasartan. Uh That's because losartan is a blood pressure drug, right? But the way it works is different than other blood pressure drugs. Um, so those of you that have um, blood pressure and take this medication, uh, you're probably very aware um, how it works. Basically, this one, what it does is it stops from uh, a hormone, angiotensin 2, from activating certain receptors in the body that, you know, are directly correlated to increasing your blood pressure. So when you, when you take it, the hormone can't bond, you know, to that receptor and therefore activate a signaling cascade. This is what you keep hearing a cytokine uh, cyto, uh, cytokine storm, where it totally destroys your lung tissue. Um, this is what it is. Now, people usually take it because they have blood pressure and they don't want to get renal disease from it. So, Losartan is like the generic name, um, but you know, uh, I think the brand name is called If I'm It's It. This Sartin is called um uh, uh, Herbisartin. No, gosh darn it! I totally forgot what losartan is called, and um I think it's losartin. Yeah, that's it. So the standard dose that one would get is fifty milligrams, in, in order to you know not allow it to bind, and also um you know obviously it's an angiotensin receptor blocker, what what you know you would call an ARB or an angiotensin receptor antagonist which means it binds to the receptor, but doesn't let the other stuff bind. So it kind of blocks it. It's like breaking a key in a door lock, right? So it blocks the hormone from binding to the receptor, either by shifting the way the receptor is or sitting on it and not allowing things, um, to go around. Now, the reason this happens is angiotensin 2, um, uh, is produced to raise blood pressure uh, by creating the muscles of the blood vessels to contract and, you know, constricting, right? And so the kidneys, since they reabsorb most of the water, um, it increases the amount of blood that goes through the body, right? That's that's basically it. So if you have more blood traveling through narrow vessels, the blood pressure that you're going to get is going to increase, right? You're going to get high blood pressure because you're, uh, you're vasoconstricted. It means that you're, 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 your vessels are tight. So kind of think of it like if you're pushing water through a wide mouth hose, the pressure is going to be like trickling out. Whereas if you have the same one coming out of a thing of a straw, I should... (laughs) <laughs> that'll shoot right through you and make a hole in your body, right? So it's all about the pressure. So this, um, with more blood going through, that's what happens. So what, when you take Losartan, think about this, um, the angiotensin 2 can't sit on the receptor and activate it. Um, so the opposite happens. The muscles, the blood vessels in your body relax, right? Creating more space and looser blood uh, flow, right? And But there is less blood in your body because your kidneys are re- absorbing less water and you excrete more in your urine. So it's less blood pumping around blood vessels and it means that your blood pressure were lower. And you're going to say, well, hold on a second. How does that relate to the lungs? Well, you know, um, your pulmonary arteries are key. And you also have to think of movement. And you also have to think how it attacks the angiotensin 2 receptor. Because how do your cells in your lungs die? Is it because the virus goes in there and explodes them? No, it's because they strangulate them by not being able to get um. Blood through. This is how you get a stroke. So this is what happens in a stroke. In a stroke, what happens is it's like a blood vessel that get blocked gets blocked in the brain. But you don't die because of the blockage, right? You die because reperfusion happens, and it's like right, and all this trash comes through. So then you know you have garbage, literally garbage, going through your vessels. And losartan, for some reason, by relaxing your blood vessels, disallows for the destruction of your lung tissue. Um, because angiotensin-2 receptors are also found on uh, those kind of cells. So... Uh, that's why people that take losartan sometimes have a dry cough. And that's because you're activating a lot of the angiotensin 2 receptors. I just, not activating, deactivating. There we go. So he mentioned that and that wasn't an elaborated on Fox and Friends. So I thought I would tell you that. So those of you that are older and listening and take losartan, you know, they're actually thinking of using it as a, as a drug to, um, you know, push forward and help with this, um, Highly designer specified bioweapon.
2: Into your cells, but then the question is how do you block its replication? How do you stop it from from doing damage uh, there's a remdesivir is a good example aloponor uh, rid of there these are promising therapies some of them have not shown efficacy to the degree we've desired but these were designed for other illnesses like hiv and ebola and now they're being uh, utilized uh, in a more aggressive fashion in these different trials because in theory they should work and finally you can block the, o- the over response of our inflammation
0: wait did he say ebola so are you saying that ebola and hiv okay same class okay excellent
2: system, the complement storm, so to speak, where the body just can't keep up with the virus. And there are two medications I put on here, uh, which are both still experimental, but there's a bunch of others that work in this area. And remember, if we have a drug that works for people with have horrible infections or bad cancers to block the over-response of the body, well, you could use those same drugs for uh, coronavirus, for COVID-19. So that's our hope. And one last idea that I quickly went by, Losartan, which is a medication, it's a blood pressure medication. It works at the same receptor that this virus uses to sneak into your cells. Jury's still out. We don't want people going off those meds because it turns out they may actually help you by blocking the virus from getting in. So those trials, again, FDA approved products, uh, we'll have to show that they work, but that might be a, an opportunity as well.
1: Sure. So Dr. Oz, the medical community is looking at all these various drugs, and I know they use some supercomputers to try to figure out what drugs might uh, work with this particular Version of COVID-19, but let's say somebody's watching right now in Detroit, and uh, they've got COVID. They've been tested and they've got it. Does does every doctor in America right now know these various drugs that could potentially help their patient?
2: No, categorically not. The, the one drug that's gotten mind share of the physician community, and I know this because I've spoken to so many doctors in so many states, is, is the, uh, the chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, especially when combined with azithromycin. And, and part of that's because uh, it's been elevated to a conversation point by discussions of our public officials. And the medical community respects that they're probably safe enough that we're not doing any harm. And as, they, as the governor of of uh, Kansas told me uh, recently, he said you go to war with the army you have and this is all we have right now. But some of these other products have been used clinically in other settings, as I mentioned the Losartan family of drugs, the blood pressure drugs. And those drugs therefore could be rapidly transitioned over because doctors know how to use them, they know how to use them safely, if there's any clue they may be beneficial in the right patient we'll start to experiment. But what Dr. Fauci said is right, you want to simultaneously test these. And when the president insisted that there be clinical testing, in the meantime, uh, uh, push the FDA to approve these products for doctors to prescribe, that was the right move. You you know, trust that they might work, verify that they work with clinical trials. In the meantime, don't hold the hands, uh, don't hold doctors back, I should say. Don't tie the hands of doctors from doing the the most for their patients. If you're a patient and you get COVID-19, it is worth asking your doctor about any of the the products on this list, especially the hydroxychloroquine. We don't know for sure. Uh, But if the chloroquine is effective, you might try it
3: all right dr oz brian was interviewing a girl in her 20s who had it and she was so frustrated she called the hotline waited an hour and 45 minutes then they told her they'd call her back with the test and then she called again she was on hold for a while and then she they said you need to call, call your physician and get a test she called her physician and he said no that's not what you're supposed to do i know we're all figuring this out right now and there are a lot of unknowns but when will we be at a point as a country where we have all the drugs we need we have all the masks that we need we have all the supplies <clears throat> for the hospital we do we- do. Ventilators. When will we get to that point?
0: Oh, she's horrible. We already have everything we need. That's horrible.
2: Well, you, you were kind enough to ask my question of the president yesterday because it's all driven by testing. And I'll give you an example why that's so important. Right now, if I order a test, and this is actually, this is true all over the country. Uh, I can probably wait five, six days to get the result back. Now, imagine going to a hospital as a patient, you're not sure you had a fever and a cough, you feel tired, classic signs, but you don't know what that means. You get admitted, they order the test. For five to seven days, you stay in an isolation room with all the nurses wasting caps, gowns, masks, because it turns out you didn't have COVID-19 because most of the time the test comes back negative. Now, all those resources thrown away because we didn't have-
0: Most of the time it comes back negative. The test,
2: likewise, our ability to target Uh, people and make sure the right ones are are given priority to get to the ICU or get intubated is wasted when we don't know for sure what we're dealing with. So once we have the testing all the other opportunities become uh, augmented because we'll use our resources more efficiently. And the ventilator I do believe that by the middle of April we'll have GM and other companies making enough that that problem goes away.
4: I hope so. Uh, so we, you have talked more than anybody else about hydroxychloroquine uh, and you want to get the results of this study. So is one way to get the results of this study, if I can say this effectively, is the people that are on it now for whatever it's lupus or whatever everything else. Can you find out how this virus is acting in them? And quickly get their record for Medicare and Medicaid because it's paid for by them and see how it's acting, get the results of that study and see if it could be mass produced
2: from from coast to coast. You know, that is such a brilliant idea. The Chinese actually did it. Well, the reason they began using this drug as part of their routine in China is they looked at a hospital that had a very big VIMA cases. And it turns out that none of the patients who were on uh, the, uh, the chloroquine for their lupus or their rheumatoid arthritis, which is the reason you'd be on it, got COVID 19. And conversely, none of the patients who got COVID 19 had rheumatoid arthritis or lupus. So then they thought, well, what's the difference? Well, one, there are a couple of differences, obviously, but one of them was this medication use. And that was one of the key clues that got them moving forward on making this part of their formula
0: see that's what the doctors on the ground want to say but the truth is this research has already been done and I told you who did it 10 years ago so this is common knowledge so where are we going with this what are we seeing we're seeing a huge infodemic we're seeing people silenced left and right that are speaking truth and we're seeing a lot of things happening in the background which we're going to talk about uh, in the second hour uh, referring to uh, nuclear energy uranium one and what's going on in South Carolina uh, Um, But before we go there, I wanted to, you guys know I love Tucker, and I want you to listen to this segment, where (laughs) the World Health Organization has decided to not acknowledge that Taiwan even exists. Take a listen to this.
5: Oh, the United States is by far the world's top funder of the World Health Organization. We give the organization about $58 million every year. That's double what any other country donates for some reason. But for the organization's leaders, there's only one country that matters, and it's not us, it's China. Right now, Taiwan is battling coronavirus, but they are denied membership in the World Health Organization. They can't even have observer status. Why is that? People are dying, but the World Health Organization refuses to protect them. Why do you think that is? Because China objects to anyone acknowledging that Taiwan is a nation. From the beginning, World Health Organization officials have praised China's response to coronavirus. They've repeated the country's lies as fact to the rest of the world. Initially, China claimed that the coronavirus could not be transmitted from person to person, even though doctors in Wuhan knew otherwise, and it was obviously untrue. The World Health Organization, though, told that lie to the world, and that hindered global preparation to contain the virus. They made it worse, not better. And then the World Health Organization praised China for its transparency, a cruel joke, As those lies have been exposed, the World Health Organization's subservience to their masters in Beijing has only become more obvious, more naked. On Saturday, a Hong Kong television station aired an interview with the World Health Organization assistant director called Bruce Alward. He's a Canadian. We want to show you this whole thing. We hope you'll watch carefully because it tells you everything about where this world is going and why you should be really nervous about the government of China. Watch this.
6: Would the WHO consider Taiwan's membership? with with
5: the I couldn't hear your question Okay
6: yeah let me let, let me let me repeat the question No, that's
2: so. okay, let, let's move to another one then
6: Right, because, because I'm, I'm actually curious on talking about Taiwan as well, on Taiwan's case. We
2: decided to give Dr. Alward another call to follow up.
6: And I just want to see if you can comment a bit on how Taiwan has done so far in terms of containing the virus. Well, we've already
7: talked about China and, um, you know, when you look across all the different areas of, uh, of China, they've actually all done quite a good job. So with that, I'd like to thank you very much for inviting us to participate and, uh, and good luck as you go forward with the battle in Hong Kong.
5: In the middle of a global pandemic, they're refusing to help a country because China told them not to. And then the World Health Organization, which represents all of us, which we pay for more than any other country, is boldly, without shame, repeating Chinese government propaganda. The man you just saw, Bruce Alward, by the way, wasn't just caught in a bad moment over Skype. Here's another clip of him sucking up to the government of China
7: to the people of Wuhan. Um, it is recognized, the world's in your debt, and
2: uh, when this disease finishes, hopefully we'll have a chance to thank the people of Wuhan for the role that they've played in it.
5: It's, it's beyond disgusting, it's scary. Gordon Chang is the author of The Coming Collapse of China, and he joins us tonight. Gordon, you've been on this topic for such a long time, Um, Does it surprise you that the World Health Organization, which normal people, me, look at and think, you know, they're keeping the world safe from pandemics, that they're actually acting as a spokesman for the government of China. Does that surprise you?
8: well this has been going on for some time tucker
5: and there have been a number of other things that
8: we've got to be concerned about so it's not just bruce alward who by the way said that he had absolutely no reason to question china's numbers um it's also dr tedros who's the director general in other words the number one guy in late january tedros gave an interview to china state uh, media saying that beijing's response was admirable should be emulated by the rest of the world and then he said it all showed the superiority of China's socialist system. Well, China has a totalitarian system, and really what he was doing was attacking democracy on behalf of Beijing. So this is really despicable across the board.
0: Yeah, I mean, social credit scores, monitoring everyone, kind of like the thing where they're going to be using your location to find you. In England, they got actually crafty. Instead of saying, well, we're asking cell phone companies to, um, you know, give us your location so we can track and see if there's 10 of you in one place or more or where you're going, what they're doing is they're like, listen, you want to know if there's coronavirus around you because you're going to die? Download this app and you'll be able to see all the people with coronavirus that live around you. All these freaked out people are downloading this app. Little do they know is that when you download this app, guess what? They get to track you. Thanks, Apple. So these are one of the things where they can track where you are. um, You know, if you download the app, download that app and you can ask questions about coronavirus, see the latest updates, because the government said you can do this. And in the meantime, as long as you have the app, I could track where you're at. I mean, why violate your fourth amendment right and, you know, uh, just ask the companies to give us data when, you know, we don't have, uh, the sunset clause allows, but let me just say the sunset clause sunset, but let me just say this just because it's sunset doesn't mean that we're not following, but here's an app where you give us explicit permission to give you information and screen you. And at the same time that allows us to be able to track you. Uh, voluntarily, of course, this way I don't break the law and violate your rights. In China, there's no such thing. They track you everywhere, where you go shopping, what you do, where you go, who you talk to. And, you know, they're praising that because they can collect data. See, this is where I want to bring in the difference between those, uh, good and evil. Good understands that we're all unified, that we're all one and that we're all the same and that we all resonate in the same, I would say on the same frequency. This is why 5G is so important to them. So this is how we do it. Now 5G is supposedly to protect us (laughs) from more advanced AIs that can tap into certain Frequencies, um, or I don't want to say frequency, free internet. There we go. Free information flow. And we're going to talk about that in the second hour. Um, very little because today, finally, the majority, I don't know why some of you are able to get the ley line, um, you know, um, episode and others weren't but like I said three o'clock I have an appointment with a guy that's gonna walk me through this to see what's going on because I put a ticket a ticket ticket and it's been like that for three weeks so I don't know why some things are coming up or not but for those of you that have listened to it right pretty awesome right now you're getting to see it happen in front of your eyes and it's been up there for like two and a half weeks now and you're just like whoa Tori that's like fast forward so we're gonna We're going to touch base on that in the second hour. But what you have to understand is it's all about tracking you. It's all about monitoring you. And it's all about creating chaos and panic because this is how they control you from being able to understand what's going around. But as long as we're united, because united, we succeed. They are few. We are many. And united, we resonate. And I am so happy to see that everyone's on the same page now with film your own hospital, questioning things, probing things, calling them out when they're lying. I mean, I called out John Hopkins University. Yo, why are you reporting 200? 12 deaths when there's only 14 and suddenly that changed and you don't even see Australia's numbers for a while. I had someone say, well, it doesn't say that anymore. And it's like, yeah, because they changed it. Kind of like they're not showing you that there's two human hosts because then you wonder, what's the difference between capital H human and lowercase human? And it doesn't mean age. That's not how science works. So it's pretty interesting how much is being concealed from you. But the only thing you have to do at this point is have faith, and, um, resonate on a higher frequency that, that they're, um, putting you on. But you can also see where the 13 families are getting together and pouring a lot of cash in the world health organization from that is telling you exactly what's going on. It's money
5: i i mean this really matters this isn't like nba players kowtowing to the chinese government we're in the middle of a pandemic this is the world health organization why is nobody where is bill gates who's the single largest individual funder why isn't he saying anything why isn't google saying anything why aren't our leaders saying anything about this
8: yeah you're absolutely right this is dangerous because for the last 10 days of january and for the first 10 15 days of february the World Health Organization was parroting Beijing's line that no country should enact travel restrictions on China and that's uh, because there were no travel restrictions or very few of them, the United States being an exception what happened was this virus spread even farther behind around China's borders. Um, so what the WHO has done was it actually helped spread the coronavirus around the world and it did it on behalf of Beijing.
0: No, it was done intentionally because this was a bioweapon. But until people figure it out, you know, whatever. And this is why the first things they did was claim what? Not racist. Let's remember Nancy Pelosi took a trip and I told you we'd be revisiting this later to Chinatown in her domain. And I wonder why. Because, you know, they're trying to tell you that it came from the fish. Then they tried to tell you it came from bats. Because these people have been eating that same food for thousands of years, but now it's decided to spontaneously evolve, had nothing to do with the fact that the alleged patient zero was related to the guy that worked at the bioweapons lab. This is all what they're telling you. So let's take it this way. All right. Let's, let's, let's look at it from a more simplistic point of view. I don't care what's happening? I don't care about this virus. If it hits me, whatever. If it doesn't, whatever. I'm just going to sit and ride this out cuz there's something going on that I can't. If you can say that to yourself, then you're fine. Because then when you listen to things like, "Oh, we're doing all of this for the people. We we are writing this bill for the people." Then you listen to things like this,
7: So many of you have probably heard all about the fact that the Kennedy Center is in the stimulus bill for $25 million, and um, that now still has to go to the House for approval. We have every confidence that it will, but until it's done, it's not done. Um, uh, Those funds have been uh, really a big roller coaster for the last um, Week, um, at this
0: I'm trying to play that leak clip from I'm the 50 Kennedy 50. Center. Uh, Hold on, there we go.
7: With assuming we even could open on May 15, we would have no cash to do the work moving forward. Uh, we extended that cash flow all the way through September 30, and um, we would be in arrears to the tune of 32 million dollars. So again with the 25 million dollars and doing nothing we still would be out 32 million dollars that's actually sort of why we were asking initially for 35 million dollars from the federal government now we've done a couple of other scenarios and um, uh, we have uh we're doing a fair bit of planning to try and understand what would happen if we can open up again on May 11, what happens if we have to wait till September, until uh, July? And what happens if we have to wait all late until September to reopen? You all know very, very well that we uh, have been living with a structural deficit and that we have been using funds from Building the Future to uh, make us whole uh, each Uh, Year That structural deficit and that um, use of that cash has absolutely caught up with us. And um, so I'm glad that we have been talking about this for years, so this is not a surprise for you. But uh, we are right in the vortex of uh, negative cash flow situation. All right. I will,
0: I will stop it there. You guys can see here the leak video on Twitter. I think um, that uh, Jack Posobiec was the one that um, leaked that out. But I want you, I want to tell you what happened with the Kennedy Center. So obviously, the Democrats have decided that they're going to give them twenty five million dollars. Right. With that twenty five million dollars, it's for relief in order to hold on to their people. Right. To hold on to the employees, uh, to hold on to have them be able to function and work and not be broke. But apparently, according to this, they get all this money and they're all still fired. And they don't know if they're going to be back and if they're going to open, but they got this $25 million anyway. So it makes you wonder, wait a minute. So you're saying that we have gotten all this money to relieve to To make sure that people can have, you know, um, that people can have access to payroll, but now you're laying everyone off. That makes absolutely no sense, right? Well, here's what they did with the money. So they take the twenty five million; it's given to them, but instead of doing anything like I don't know, pay salaries or keep people, they tell all of them that there's going to be no music. Maybe we'll look at September, from what you heard. But for some reason, they're getting $25 million, but they had $5 million to donate to the Democratic National Committee. Hold on a second hold on a second stop the press we talked about this how they're throwing money into these areas and foundations and they're doing donations to the Democrat Party so you're saying we gave them relief of 25 million they're firing everyone and saying we can't operate because we're in the hole in this vortex oh we're gonna uh, I can't wait for you guys that we're not able to see the updates on subscribe start to listen to vortices we're gonna be talk- it, it, it has a lot about that in there but she's saying that They're in the hole 35 million. So while they're in the hole 35 million, they get 25 million. So that means they're going to be out of the hole by, you know, still in the hole by 10 million. They decide to send off 5 million to the Democrats. That sounds perfect. This is why we gave it to them, guys, to kick the money back straight to the Democrats. That is exactly what happened here. I mean, You know, they're supporting this guy.
9: In order to avoid that, those very high numbers, we have to do at least several things. One, we have to uh, depend on what the president's going to do right now. And first of all, he has to uh, tell, uh, uh, wait till the cases before anything happens. Look, the whole idea is he's got to get in place things that were shortages of. And in order to avoid that, those very high numbers, we have to do at least several things. One, we.
0: Makes absolutely no sense. This is why they're getting $5 million. This is why they're getting all of this. Now, Mr. Barbell wearing nipplegate, uh, you know, Governor Cuomo had to say this about his brother Fredo.
9: I really know Chris. You know, you see Chris, uh, he has a show on night, uh, nine o'clock on CNN. But you just see one dimension, right? You see a person in his job. And in his job, he's combative and he's argumentative and he's pushing people. But that's his job. That's really not who he is. He's a really sweet, beautiful guy. Uh, And uh, he's my best friend. My father was always working, so it was always just me and Chris. And uh, he's a lawyer also, Chris. He's a lawyer because growing up... uh, the decision point came to what do you want to do after college and my father was a very strong personality and uh, my father basically suggested forcefully to Chris that he should be a lawyer uh, it was a different time and a different place you know uh, now my daughters Kara, who's here you know, they all follow their individual stars this is their destiny which is right. If you had said to my father, I want to follow my individual star, he would say, you're going to follow your individual star right out that door. And that's what he would have said. So Chris went to law school, uh, but he never really had a desire to practice law. He calls me when he's about 20.
0: 20- and nobody knows how he got into Yale because he's as thick as a brick.
9: 26. He's at a law firm. And he said, you know, I don't want to be a lawyer. I said, yeah, I know, but you are now a lawyer. You are. He said, yeah, but I don't want to be a lawyer. I said, what do you want to be? He said, I want to be a journalist. I said, you want to be a journalist? He says, it's too late. You're a lawyer. You have to pay law school bills. You didn't go to journalism school. It's too late. No, no, I think I can do it. And God bless him. He quit the law firm, uh, went to work for Fox TV, which is a whole separate conversation in the House. Uh, and then worked his way up he's at CNN he does a beautiful job but a sweet guy and now he's quarantined in the basement but it's funny as heck he says to me uh, even the dogs won't come downstairs he says.
0: yeah cuz the dogs know what the devil's like and maybe that's why he had a chair in front of the staircase so that people don't come down. Because that's a tweet that I put out. Why would he put a stair in front of the staircase? And boom, right after that, he's got coronavirus. (laughs) Almost like I knew. So um, this coronavirus situation is not going away. We've had coronavirus for about 100 years, but we have to remember the past tells us everything we need to know about Today and that is <laughs> what guys. That you know they've been at it. They've done this whole disease thing before. And in the middle of a national emergency, we got people like Pelosi saying rubbish. Scalise here breaking that down.
4: Nancy Pelosi literally held the bill up for days to get her pet projects, including the money for the Kennedy Center. And interesting, she'd use the choice of words fiddlers, uh, because it was the fiddlers, the violin players, all the musicians at the Kennedy Center that got laid off right as the bill got signed. Uh, they they ought to give that money back. We're, we've got a Bill Brian style, a colleague of mine, has a bill to take the money back from the Kennedy Center. But it shows you how misguided Pelosi's priorities were. She was fighting for all these far-left Green New Deals and solar panels on airplanes and crazy stuff that nobody else was focused on people were trying to literally save jobs and the livelihood of our economy and hospitals getting the resources they need and president trump was pushing as hard as he could to get that money out and she was holding it up for those kind of things
0: it wasn't for nothing i mean the kennedy center gave them 5 million dollars and if they were in debt ask yourself if they were already in debt then How come they're giving away five? And that means they're not in debt and they didn't need the money. Time to check the books. Time to check the books. Now, I wanted to say that a lot of people have been, you know, a little bit concerned since January 31st with these changes that we're seeing in communications, a lot of people. And we're going to talk about that in the second hour. But you have to remember that we just deployed another payload with Space Force. And we're seeing communications going down and then reinstated because we are implementing it. And Sky Fortress Fortress has been deployed. It has been deployed. It's been deployed. (laughs) But now it's being protected. Because this resonance in the vortices by these clowns is all about amplifying you and ushering you both, both in frequency, because it is when you are in panic that you allow them to fester. It is when you are in panic that you take the Luciferian route. And that doesn't mean, and I want to be clear when I say this, because this is an actual term, right? Luciferian doesn't mean it does mean evil, right? But what it does is it splits you in two. this duality of science and, and, you know, you. It tells you to look at things in a more black and white perspective where you remove emotion. Hence why it's so evil. Hence why it's so horrific. <laughs> and that's what they're doing to you. They're throwing all this science jargon you don't understand in order to control how you see and feel for things. Now, after the break, like I said, we're going to be talking nuclear. We're going to be talking Turkey. We're going to be talking Russia. We're going to be talking infodemic and what the purpose of it is and how they're trying to tap into the universal internet to break us down slowly. I'll see you all in a bit. news. Welcome back everyone to the Tori says show. I'm your host, Tori always here twelve to two Eastern time. And hopefully your ears are open now because we're gonna be talking about some stuff that's gonna blow your mind. And I want to talk about first the the fish tank cleaner person, you know, that gave her husband fish tank cleaner and then she took it, but she was vomiting and he was dying. I want to know if we're gonna check for homicide right there. And you know, how it was amplified to that point and how we're Still using it, like, you know, Fredo Cuomo, who's now quarantined. So's Jake Tapper, by the way. Told you that yesterday, you know. Um,. It- They amplified it and said that that was the anti-malaria drug. You have to think why they don't want this to end, why they don't want the drugs to be used. But then you also have to wonder about these weird things that are happening. Did you guys know that in Kansas City, Missouri, a guy was shot by the FBI because he went to blow up um, a hospital? Did you know that? Yeah. He actually wanted to use a bomb uh, because he was saying, right, that he wanted to go and blow it up, so he was potentially violent. Right. So they shot him anyway. Um, And that's kind of weird. It's like, so was he strapped with a bomb or was he just saying it because he's losing his mind? But he was shot nonetheless. So it's a little bit odd that we're having all these weird killings. Some guy was shot by the FBI again and they found a katana in his hand. By the way, katanas, you know, I want a katana. I need a katana that I I love katanas, but, <laughs> but he was shot because <laughs> he has sword fighting. Um, then that's not funny that he was shot. What I'm trying to say is there's some weird taking outs of certain people from certain factions of the federal Bureau of Investigation, which is really bizarre and strange. Um. In the meantime, you know, uh we had Pompeo today talk about coronavirus and we also had some developments in South Carolina. Uh working at um working the angle of Scana and we're going to talk about that uh because a lot is coming this is like the impeach 44 gold mine right there. Um and we're going to get into it because energy 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 this goes all the way back to Enron. But, you know, Hillary should be very ready. Take a listen um to what Pompeo had to say today. Listen.
10: Um, but I wanted to set out the framework for this pathway to democracy. Uh, broadly speaking, it would uh, put the elected members of the national assembly, assembly representing both sides would create a, an acceptable council of state to serve as the transitional government until presidential and national assembly elections could be held. We hope within six to 12 months, the president of the transitional government would not be able to run for president in those elections. Both, uh, Nicolas Maduro and Juan Guaido would accept the Council of State as the sole executive during this transitional period. If the conditions of the framework are met, including the departure of foreign security forces and elections deemed free and fair by international observers, then all remaining U.S. sanctions would be lifted. We've got the full text. You can see the agreement on our website. We hope that uh, every Venezuelan will consider this framework carefully, thoughtfully, and seriously. We think it presents an opportunity for the Venezuelan people. Uh, now turning to the State Department's truly heroic efforts to repatriate Americans. It was, uh, was Super Bowl Sunday, February 2nd, uh, when we all still had live sports on TV. Our team was working that day to arrange two flights to bring home Americans from Wuhan, China. One of our medical team's leaders wrote an email to his colleagues. I want to read part of it to you colleague wrote, quote, while the whole country enjoys the game in the comfort of home or a pub, most will have no idea that a small group heads into the heart of the global outbreak with the singular focus of bringing their fellow countrymen out of hellacious conditions. No matter how it turns out, we happy few have dared greatly and given ourselves over to this worthy cause, end of quote. That mission was completed bringing home more than 800 people from Wuhan, and it was the beginning of one of the most important and unprecedented missions in the history of the state department as of today we've repatriated over 20 i think it's 6 or 27,000 us citizens from more than 50 countries the stories of our teams heart and character and commitment to excellence are truly amazing uh, let me give you just a couple of examples in bhutan no easy place to get to uh, an american was critically ill from the virus intubated on a ventilator and frankly expected to die in a country located in one of the most remote corners of the world. Uh, But we came to the rescue. Our team arranged a biocontainment transport from Bhutan to an intensive care unit in Baltimore, Maryland, a distance of nearly 8,000 miles. To fly through Kathmandu, there's about 12 pilots that can make that flight. It was one of the most complex medical evacuations in history, and the State Department pulled it off Uh, in Honduras a double lung transplant recipient was running out of medications which aren't available there. Uh, a intrepid young consular officer figured out a way to get safe passage, got him a letter, got him to the airport. It was a city that was in complete and total lockdown. Uh, we got him home on the next flight. That man, man later told our team that we saved his life. Uh, the good news is, too, State Department's doing great, but we're not doing this alone. We're coordinating closely with other agencies and the federal government. My deputy, Steve Began, Brian Bullto, the Undersecretary for Management, Keith Crock, the Undersecretary for Economic Affairs, the 24-7 repatriation team are performing these duties amazingly. Never in the Department's 230-year history have we led a worldwide evacuation of such enormous geographic complexity and such geographic scale. We have no higher duty to the American people than to pull this off. I've never been more proud of how the team has done than I am today. Uh, The 24-7 Repatriation Task Force will continue to bring home thousands more Americans in the coming days and weeks. Uh, At the same time, I want to deliver a message to Americans who are still abroad. We remain steadfast and committed to getting you all back. We do not know in some countries how long the continued commercial flights in your country may continue to operate. Uh, We can't guarantee the U.S. government's ability to arrange charter flights indefinitely where commercial options no longer exist. I urge Americans to... Register with their nearest embassy at step.state.gov and work your way back here. Americans abroad who wish to return home should do so immediately and make arrangements to accomplish that. Look, I'm just as proud of the work we're doing on repatriation as I am about the health and humanitarian assistance that the State Department's providing around the world, too. It's a topic that deserves more attention. We don't talk about it all that often. In America, we provide aid because we're a generous and noble people. We also do it because we know from prior experiences that we don't have good data, full transparency, and all-out effort to fight pandemics that can harm Americans back home, too. And for both of these reasons, the United States was one of the first nations to step forward and offer help. In early February, it seems like a long time ago, in early February, we transported nearly 18 tons of medical supplies provided by Samaritan's Purse, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and others to Wuhan. That same month, we pledged $100 million in assistance to countries to fight what would become a pandemic, including an offer of assistance to China. Our response so far surpasses that initial pledge significantly. We've now made available a total of number $274 million in funding to as many as 64 countries. That money will go to some of the world's most at-risk peoples. You can go to state.gov to find a fact sheet. We'll talk about what we're doing country by country. We'll give the breakdown. we put that up uh, at the end of last week. We've been at this a long time. We know how to help people around the world. Since 2009, American uh, taxpayers have generously funded more than $100 billion in health assistance and nearly $70 billion in humanitarian assistance. That's billion with a B. Um, But our help is much more than money, the CDC, has six staffers on the ground working with Namibia's health ministry. The FBDA, as an example, is co-chairing a virtual virtual international conference on developing a COVID-19 vaccine. Americans from all across the Trump administration are working diligently to put this crisis back in the box.
0: Yep, we're trying because, like you said, since two thousand nine, taxpayers have generously provided money. Since two thousand nine, generously, right, generously provided money to all these countries, and in in Namibia, in Namibia, sorry, uh, we have six people on the ground looking into this, and you are thinking Namibia, what does that have to, do? yeah, oh. Is that happen? <laughs> let's just leave it. I just saw this amazing tweet and I had to share it. Um, you know, I tweeted out, uh, you know, just wondering, you know, Nipplegate, And somebody said, I think Trump would and could and maybe would like to run against the piercing insight of Cuomo. Because here is how bad the DNC is at the moment. They don't have anyone to run that's credible. They don't want Bernie for sure because they don't want that socialist faced out there, you know, these greedy people that are tapping into this uh, tapping into you, tapping into you. Uh do not want you to be able to tap in either. But these greedy greedy people <laughs> have no one to represent them the way they want you to see them as if they have a good balance of this duality, right? And so they're like, maybe Governor Cuomo can run for president. He's like, let's not talk politics right now. And it's like, are you serious? I thought Biden was your dude. Now you're like, oh, maybe this. I mean, so was Avenatti, right? So was Clinton, right? They have no leg to stand on. This is all about impeachment. I don't care what anyone has to say. Tory, but it's really killing me. Yeah, it is. So did H1N1. So did Ebola so did the zika virus so 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 you know what's going to be interesting to see is that people that are pregnant right now with covid19 around that maybe have tested positive for any flu strain that's going to be interesting because we saw with the zika virus people didn't have any symptoms but then their babies were born with like no brains or had severe changes in their morphologies so this is where we need to be focusing on the aftermath that comes after something like this this is scary when bioweapons are deployed at certain times, right? And when certain things are happening and everyone's going to be like, well, hold on, well, it's just the Chinese. Who made the Chinese, guys? We did. We did. We were supposed to be helping them in 45 to defeat the Communist Party of China, right? We were supposed to be helping them fight, the nationalists, and then we embargoed all our aid to them, even though it was passed. The bill was passed. Who created the CCP we see today? We did. The Chinese aren't Chinese. They're an extension of the cabal. President Xi needs to shed that. He needs to get rid of it, but he's so far into it. And so sit in, in, oh, look beyond uh, the fluff, you guys. Go back in time and look. The last time we had a shift, major shift, where they created the Federal Reserve. People were jumping off the balconies. They tanked the economy. They flipped it on the head. They brought in Social Security. and all was exactly 100 years ago. And now here we are. Let's amplify this. Let's put them all. The only thing you have, look, we can analyze this all the time and we can uh, analyze it until we find the truth. But in, in essence, in your core, I want you to be happy and stay positive. And you're like, Tori, this is insane. They're telling us we're going to die. We're going out there. And what if we die? And it's like, yeah, we might. I mean, the other day I went for a walk with my daughter to go buy some cigarettes and some guy came at me and he was like, Oh, can I have a cigarette? Cause I was smoking and I gave him one. He's like, can I have a lighter? And I lit it and he hugged me and people was like coronavirus. And I was like, whatever. The guy just wanted, you know, just talk to people. He's homeless. He can't go anywhere. Like, I don't care. I hug the guy. I'm not going to die from sharing a hug with a random old stranger. He didn't smell really good, but that's okay. I mean, I wouldn't smell really good if I lived on the streets either. And so, you know, now we're making it a habit. Well, yesterday we wanted to go out and we didn't, but we're going to do it today where, you know, we don't have much, but we're going to go hand out. Because like all of you, I was talking with a friend of mine today. He was like, "How are you financially?" I was like, "How how can I be? My job relies on people going through airports. My job relies on, you know, stuff that, that aren't really happening right now, like court cases and, you know, these arrests or these interrogations. And you know, for that reason, you know, I'm not gonna be billing much this month. Thank God for Trump bucks, right? They come right in time. All of us are like that. You know, I I am working remotely. I work either at a building depending on the classification and nature of what I'm doing, or I can do it from from my home office. But I need the people that I'm doing the work for to be present, and they're not. It's not happening. And, uh, you know, there's a severe decline in who's coming into the country. So, you know, that minimizes that. And then when it comes to research, I've totally put that on pause because I'm like totally insanely infatuated with the data that i'm getting right now for this virus it's just looking so weird that no one is talking about the contents that they're finding in the blood work like why aren't they talking about the nanotechnology that is embedded because there's a gap we don't know how it works because nanotech And why is no one pointing out, well, we've got this question mark because there's something here and it's like, you know, you can see it. It's merged, point it out, say it. Why is zinc helping? Come on, man. Like it's not rocket science. You don't have to be a scientist to know this, that there's a big X, you know, like a redaction on the data because nobody knows what that is. Oh, it's just responding differently. Why though? Why is the nanotech responding differently? What is this? This patch that they're putting, it's kind of like code. Remember when WikiLeaks leaked, uh, you know, the uh, code, the information that now the government can make it look like, you know, I just sent an email from the white house. If I wanted to, I can create the code in the paper trail to make it look like that because I can just stick it on. But there's a patch that is invisible, but you can peel it back and see it. It's kind of like a transparency, kind of like a deep fake, right? It's, it's different and altered. The same thing is going with this virus. There's an alteration with an abnormal patch. And you're like, wait a minute in science, this isn't supposed to be happening. So they're saying, Oh, it's just, uh, the right environment. And it's like, okay, so what is this right environment interacting with where this adenine connection is connecting to that one like this? When, what is, what do they have extra ozone in there? Or what is it? That's another thing, guys. I don't know why we're not, you know, putting people, uh, treating people with ozone therapy, right? Uh, which helps, um, reinforce turgidity of cells naturally, and maybe hyperoxygenation. I mean, that's another one uh, that we can do. But hey, whatever, right? <laughs> it's nanotech. And this is something that they're not saying. And so I've just been immersed in it, just going through, trying to find that ha because the data that they're even providing on open source is BS. It's not even legit data. I'm like, all right, um, this is just showing me chaos. If I was to plot all this data, all I'd get is like a scatter graph of telling me absolutely nothing. And the graph would have no slope, no correlations, able to see. You can't see anything. The only thing you see is that more males are affected than females. That's all. And that you see that immunocompromised people are the ones that are... um, Um, you know, getting sick. And that makes sense because your immune system is compromised. So you're obviously, you know, more susceptible like me. I'm immunocompromised. If I died from COVID, it wouldn't be a no brainer. I'm super compromised, super compromised. So the, and SARS and the flu and, and, and I'd be super compromised. So what is it telling us though on the people that don't have compromised immune systems? What is it telling us? It's not telling us anything. So people are just trying to use things we already have to see if we can manipulate certain aspects that we have understood are happening, but we're still not understanding how they're happening. And that's because no one is talking about the nanotech. No one is talking about the nanotech. And it's like, come on, (laughs) look at it. Look at the way it's coding, like seeing the way it's being transcribed is like, okay, well, why did it transcribe like this and this family member and transcribe like this and this one? And what is their genetic profile that allowed it to transcribe like this and why this one was rejected and not this one? You know, this is where they're not telling you the full story and they don't want you to. That's the problem scientifically right i'm talking scientific basis that's the problem that they're not giving us the information we need in order to have proper insight and to understand it and i'm talking on the scientist level you as average joe right all of us should just kick it and say all right you know we're not gonna know we're just not gonna know we're not gonna know what's up just deal with it we're not gonna know what's up so that's the thing (laughs) you're not gonna know Just relax, let it go, pray. That's all you have to do is pray. Resonate on a higher frequency. Be optimistic, right? Be optimistic. They can't even test for COVID-19 correctly. They're telling you they can, where they can get the generic form of it, but it's really not. I mean, listen to what Pelosi um, had to say in regards to the president of the United States on, you know, hey, Joe, where's Laura... Where's she's dead but he got away with murder so did she so did feinstein but i digress
9: uh, i can't really speak to the nature of the president i wish that the scientists had been more uh, public about their recommendations uh if when did they tell the president was it two months ago what did he know and when did he know it but you know what uh, I can't
0: really. What do you mean? I mean, you knew about it during impeachment. You were like, "Yeah, we'll deal with it later. We're gonna investigate him and see how he's going." So what? You were gonna investigate him anyway, even before this was a pandemic. Sounds kind of planned. Sounds like a pandemic to me. But hey, right? Facts. This is this is what we should be focusing on right now: the facts and what's coming out and what is being done. That's it. We have. The, the, the Democrats now pushing to ask A.G. Barr to release prisoners. Nipple Pierce Cuomo, right, <laughs> shows that he's got some vices right there, has been releasing child rapists from prison because he's worried that they're going to get coronavirus. Good. Let them get coronavirus. You touch a child, you should die a million deaths. Yet he's letting him out. And yet the left is also triggered by Mark. I I mean, okay. So when we had Mark, well, I'll go to Mark later. Let's go to my pillow. Get that. Being triggered by a guy who makes pillows and blankets and mattress toppers for a living. Who's making masks now. Triggered. Completely triggered. You have to ask yourself why. Because he had nothing good to say. In contrary, he had everything good to say. He's making 50,000 masks a day because we can't trust the mask coming out from other places. Here's what Mike Lindell, who used to be, you know, an addict who had hit rock bottom and, you know, just... Changed his life and became who he is. Listen to him.
11: My Pillow is uniquely positioned as a U.S. company that functions as a manufacturer, logistics management, distributor, and direct to consumer. Given our current business lines, we are experiencing the effects of this pandemic firsthand. But My Pillow has done. We've established an internal task force which is monitoring future needs of companies across the country as a result of this pandemic, and given our position, we've begun to research and develop new protocols to address the current and future needs of U.S. businesses across multiple sectors. How companies are going to prepare themselves when they once again open up and, and changes to their current operations in order to adjust to future threats and pandemics. My Pillow has designated some of its call center to help U.S. companies navigate the many issues that resulted from this pandemic. We've, de- we've dedicated 75% percent of my manufacturing to produce cotton face masks. Um, up to 10, in three days, I was up to 10,000 a day. By Friday, I want to be up to 50,000 a day. Um, I'm proud to manufacture our products in the United States, and I'm even more proud to be able to serve our nation in this great time of need. Thank you, Mr. President, for your call to action, when, which has empowered companies like pillow to help our nation win this invisible war.
0: It is an invisible war. Why? Not because we can't see them. Yeah, you know, all viruses and bacteria that infect us are invisible, right? To the naked eye, right? To the naked eye. But in the end, what you have to um, understand is that this invisible war is the invisible groups of people that are there that hate you. They hate you. They hate you. They would rather see you dead than lose power. They hate you. They would rather you die and then repopulate later for their um, entertainment, okay? Um, Because they hate you. That's the thing. These people do not want you safe. These people will do anything for power, anything. They need to maintain it and they're losing it. All of them. You know, it's 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 funny how, you know, Bill Barr found errors with every single FICE application, right, that IG Horowitz reviewed and didn't. It's it's interesting, isn't it guys? Very interesting. It's very interesting how there are people that are not telling you what's going on because right now in about an hour, our president, I told you this, I think I tweeted it out quite cryptically though because sometimes people can't handle the truth because I've said the truth is way stranger than fiction. But we are having problem with our services. Uh, Internet, uh, phones, uh, cable TV. Guess what the president's doing today? He's meeting and he's having a phone call with all network service providers. Interesting. Very interesting. But, you know, conspiracy theory. But that's actually on his official schedule. And like I said, our communications, you know what I would really love? To just get rid of all the TV stations. Just put them out of, you know, just like you're done. We're only going to listen to the White House for now. Cause that's all we really need. Here are some of the commercials I'd like to run of things I sponsor.
4: America is great, better than ever. Under President Trump's leadership, we are racing to new heights, millions of new jobs, rising wages, record low unemployment, securing our border, protecting our country, and respecting our veterans. Most of all, we are proud to be Americans, proud of our country, our families, and our flag. God
11: bless America, and the best is yet to come.
4: I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this
11: message.
5: Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn, Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.MikeFlynnDefenseFund.org. Thank you, and God bless America.
12: Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Big tech social media companies have made it their goal to censor and ultimately shut down conservative voices as a way to control political dialogue ahead of the 2020 elections. Few things are more un-American than censorship. Yet now, more than ever, we see glaring examples of it daily. Conservative accounts suspended or banned for innocuous postings while liberal accounts with far more egregious content continue to operate freely and unencumbered. As someone banned on nearly every single social media platform with even Chase Bank temporarily shutting down online access to my bank account, I understand the dangers of this far better than most. We cannot allow big tech social media companies to continue acting as liberal publishers free from oversight and regulation. Tech companies have used censorship not only as a way to silence those who they disagree with politically, but also as a way to incite violence against conservatives. While conservatives are banned and shut down, terrorist organizations like Hamas and Antifa, criminals and even human traffickers are freely using social media to communicate. Americans deserve a fair and transparent playing field from big tech, and when in Congress, holding these companies and their executives accountable will be a top priority of mine.
0: Go to lauralumerforcongress.com and donate today and bring Laura Loomer to Congress. We need more voices like that in the house. Go to subscribestar.com and subscribe for exclusive content just for my subscribers. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. God, around the nation right now, we're getting tons of reports of people wanting to bomb hospitals. Almost as if Comey asked for that. I mean, what? So did Eric Holder. What? So in Buffalo, this just came out, and you can see the screenshot of, uh, I mean, the the picture of his mugshot. The dude's literally laying down, and they've kind of tried to alter the image. You could see at the back of the head where they have unfortunately not had someone come good photoshop the guy's either dead or knocked out you could see that he got a beating uh but apparently they, um jose gandia 47 in niagara falls was charged with a complaint of unlawful possession of restrictive, of destructive devices. Um, so this, the case stated that according to a complaint on March 25th, the New York State Police received an import, a report of an individual pointing a shotgun with a red laser out of a red pickup truck on the New York State Thruway. The trooper located the vehicle stopped behind traffic cones of an active work zone near the town of Hanover. The trooper approached the vehicle and ordered the driver, later identified as the defendant, to exit. As the trooper attempted to handcuff Candia he resisted and a fight ensued as the trooper struggled with the defendant second trooper arrived and assisted the handcuffing the trooper who initially responded to the call suffered a broken hand in the altercation a knife was found in the defendant's pocket like who doesn't carry around a pocket knife right <laughs> and a second one was located on the ground next to the red pickup So they apparently um, they went and um, following that incident, they went and executed a search warrant at his house on Cedar Street in Niagara Falls. They discovered destructive devices that appear to be pipe bombs. Okay, and five of the suspected devices were attached to two separate propane tanks. Two of the devices were placed near the front entrance of his house and two additional devices were placed in the rear entrance. All four were rigged to detonate so apparently he was gonna go and blow stuff up and he was uh snipering people on the road this is how they tap into the network of communication and here's where i'm going to give you an example so those of you that aren't subscribed star people understand I'm going to tell you about an experiment. It's called the Macaca Monkeys in Japan. This happened over a span of 30 years, just so you get it. So, in one specific island, the Japanese decided to see if a species can communicate with each other without phones, internet, or whatever. Can they learn something? Can they evolve to learn something? Or will it change if they, you know, um, if it happens in one place, it'll happen around the world? So during this experiment, they were dropping sweet potatoes on, you know, on sand and dirt. And the monkeys loved it. They would go and eat up the sweet potatoes. But the one thing that they didn't like was the fact that they couldn't eat all of it. And, and it was hard to get to because of all the sand and dirt and the way it would land. So after um, the first few months, they saw that the, um, that the younger monkeys... Uh, that had been born during that time of the experiment were taking the sweet potatoes and going to the shore of the island and rinsing it out with water and then handing it over to the elder monkeys. And so that started to become a habit. So, for the first five years of this experiment, these monkeys that did not travel, were not relocated, and obviously don't use phones, internet, or email or, you know, postal service, um, all of them started washing the sweet potatoes, right? and, you know, eating them. So what they did was they moved the experiment up to another island that was far away from that island, and they started dropping sweet potatoes. It was almost innate to them to travel... You know, from the location of the drop half a mile to the ocean to wash it so they can eat it. Now how did they learn? How did all the monkeys because before when they were dropping the sweet potatoes not just on that island but the other ones they were they all at the same time were eating it with the sand and the dirt and then they stopped you know spreading all these sweet potatoes that's a lot of food right to monkeys all over Japan instead they only focused on one island which was more you know rural and and they were able to experiment in a more controlled environment right because they were humans that live there, et cetera, et cetera, um, they started, they just continued doing this to see if they would change any habits. Would they, um, you know, they were looking at, are the monkeys going to be waiting for that food? Are they going to stop hunting because they know the potatoes are coming? What if we change the times? But the thing that they noticed was that they changed the way they ate it. They would go to the beach and do it. So then they went to another island where they would drop the sweet potatoes and they had dropped it before in the beginning in the middle, you know, like half a mile away from the shore. Now, they had never done that before, and it had been so much of, you know, a time period where they hadn't dropped sweet potatoes, but for some reason, those monkeys traveled to the shore when they didn't do it before, just out of the blue, to wash it and do it. And then they noticed all the same breed of monkeys, right, across all of Japan were doing the same thing. They were washing their food. So this isn't the only time, you know, that, exper- uh, that experiments like this happened. The crown actually conducted an experiment many, many years ago. And so they focused on Australia, obviously, because that's where they used to send all their criminals. So, you know, Australians are of a lesser God, according to the Queen of England. And they started an experiment there where they would ask people to look at a picture with all these faces. There were a lot of human faces in it. So they conducted this experiment, had them look at it, and all of them would come back between six and 12 faces, right, that they would be able to see. Now, after they ran that experiment and got the, you know, the the range of 9 to 12 was the range, right, with a median of 10 faces that – actually, no, the medium was 9. The upper end was 12. Sorry. I, I, I said the wrong data. Um They then went um, to their own backyard. And what they did was they broadcast when it didn't broadcast in Australia, nor nobody talked about it, right? They broadcast a show where they showed the same picture and pointed out where all hundred faces are to all of the people in the United Kingdom on their broadcast channel. So then what they did was... Um <laughs> after the show went went and aired the next um the next day they called um you know a bu- the same people and a bunch of new people to look at the picture and suddenly they were finding 20 or 30 faces and it turned out that the pool that they were using were all descendants of you know Britain so the people that had you know come from England that have family that live in England so they didn't pick like you know your random refugee or anyone that moved you know from somewhere else like Koreans they all you know go go and retire in New Zealand it's like they're Florida you know stuff like that so what they did was they focused on people that had English heritage which means again that certain genetic makeups can communicate over a very large distance without really communicating because they didn't come in contact, phone call, email. It's highly monitored. So think about it for a second. What is it about communication that they're so infatuated with? When you look at the news, you have to think all they're doing is perpetuating fear they're lying to you. I mean, they got caught with their pants down saying, oh yeah, we ran the wrong clip about New York City. Oh yeah, you know, the guy was a police officer and a professor. He wasn't two different people and we didn't purposely write two different articles right. We're not telling people that the baby that died of coronavirus was extremely ill. But, you know, people are like, well, you know, HIPAA. And it's like, well, HIPAA, the fact would be the baby was extremely ill, period. HIPAA means I'm not going to tell you the baby's name and identify it other than it was an infant. But see, those are facts. They're not telling you why. They want to disrupt the communication you have. That resonance, because you're united and they are not. Hmm. See, greed brings in duplicity. Greed removes that connection you have with humanity. Greed removes it. And that's what we're talking about in that show that supposedly put my subscribe star on restriction. And, you know, now it's been resolved, but things aren't showing. And I'm going to, like I said, I have a three o'clock appointment. So, um, this is what that talks about. It explains to you the science behind it, because the the thing is science and, and you know, I saw someone talking about science and God and it was like, I myself found that there's evidence of God through science. Anyone saying different is not really a scientist because that's how you see it. That's how you see that divinity. And that's how you understand it. I mean, you understand it. You just don't know it yet make sense? (laughs) Not really. It will at some point it will, uh, because we are undergoing something that is, um, more so done for us to wake up. So now I'm going to take you to, um, last month. In Charleston, South Carolina, the Securities and Exchange Commission sued two former Scana executives claiming that they defrauded investors by making false statements about the venture capital summer nuclear p- the mm, nuclear plant in Fairfield County which was abandoned. The complaint filed in a federal court said that the former Scana CEO Kevin Marsh and executive vice president Stephen Byrne misled investors about the project, which would have qualified the company for more than a billion dollars in tax credits. The SEC stated the pair claimed that the project was on track, even though they knew it was far behind. It was actually abandoned. Like they had scaffolding and stuff. They weren't doing anything. Um, And so... The complaint said that the scan executive had told officers of the company, um, you know, flying around the country, showing the same construction pictures from different angles, you know, to play the fiddle. <laughs> Funny how that word fiddle is coming in. And, it, you know, it wasn't really happening. So, in essence, the company abandoned the project in 2017, even though they made false statements so they could drive the stocks up and everything. This is about nuclear energy. Are you listening, you guys? Nuclear energy. what are Uranium one. Let's just think. Think. So, at that time, we had this butthurt guy, the former U.S. attorney, who loathes, uh, when I say loathes, he hates President Trump, um... The former U.S. attorney for South Carolina, uh, his name was Bill Nettles, Um, and he says, uh, you know, President Trump is not above the law and he should be put, (laughs) he should be in a lot of trouble with all the, you know, Mueller report, blah, 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 blah. So we hadn't filled that position until today. Oh what, until today, and that's heating up because what you need to know is Scanna is, uh, is Scanna Energy was, uh, you know, based in Atlanta, Georgia. Funny, right? Atlanta, another vortex. Um, so Scana Energy uh, had a regulated unit, which is Scana, Scana Energy Regulated Division. And that was done so by the Georgia Public Service Commission and served as the only state's natural gas provider. Um, this is going to be huge. We know that Putin in 2016 was complaining that the disposal of nuclear products, as promised by Barack Hussein Obama, were not being done. We also know that Westinghouse that Hillary Clinton was very very familiar with going back to uranium one was sending nuclear products nuclear stuffs to Canada and then sold. And this is all coming down because you know he we just appointed during the Scanna probe, right, a new US attorney. This is going to get so fun. That's all I have to tell you. It's going to be so much fun. So much fun. So much fun. I know that (laughs) that a lot of us have been waiting for Uranium One to pop and it's coming. This is going to be incredible because that announcement was made today. Totally random. You know that this is happening. But what is really going on is... We're moving along full speed ahead, dealing with the Venezuela thing, as you heard Pompeo say earlier, Uh, dealing with Turkey, as I've been telling you, dealing with everything. And now we have China and it's not, I want you guys to understand that China owns almost everything because China is a creation of the old guard. We created the Communist Party of China. We did it. We did it. We promised the Chinese nationalists or the Chinese patriots or the Chinese people back in, we're going to help you. We're going to send you weapons. We're going to send you boats. We're going to send you people. We're going to help you go China. Instead, what we did was we embargoed it. And when we did send them weapons, we made sure that they couldn't work. There were loose screws. We screwed them because we created it and they were the guinea pigs for the world. How do you regulate population? Use China. They got 1.6 billion people. How do you, you know, monitor people round the clock? Use China. They're not, you know, they're a totalitarian government. They've always kind of gone over the, you know, the whole emperors and all that stuff. Their culture fit the profile to be able to deploy. We, in the past, created China. And we don't want that anymore. Because how do we resonate to that frequency? (laughs) <laughs> 25,991 years ago in June, we had to press the reset button. So we're really close to that reset button. We need to make sure that we're on that other level of understanding. This is all about trade. This is all about panic. This is all about causing disruptions in you and you know i'm gonna have to say that lindsey graham's announcement for closure of chinese wet markets was very steganographic and i want you guys to take a listen to it hold on let's play this
4: fourth rescue package
6: well we need to make sure that phase three actually works we don't have any checks out yet uh the unemployment part of phase three i'm very worried about Every state has an unemployment commission to issue unemployment checks. There were three million of people applied for unemployment last week. I think there'll probably be more this week. I'm very concerned that it may take six to eight weeks to get an unemployment check, uh, and down the road, you're paying people more than they actually make. We gotta fix both of those things. So I think the train wreck in this bill is gonna be the unemployment insurance benefit because it's administered by state systems That are stuck in the 70s. So I want to get phase three right before we go to phase four.
3: Senator, there was talk of people getting a second check down the road. If there is a phase four, would that be a part of it? Do you think there'll be another check that that individuals will get?
6: It might be, but these checks go to people with jobs. I want to focus on the people who are out of work. You know, I got a niece working uh, in South Carolina, makes about $40,000 a year. You know, quite frankly, she's okay. But somebody laid off needs the money so these uh, direct payments go to people with income I want to focus on people without income the unemployment insurance system in this country is broken I'm gonna spend a lot of time trying to fix it six to eight weeks to get a check is what I'm hearing that's unacceptable and in unemployment under this bill you're actually increasing people's wages which will uh, deter growing the economy we got to fix both of those things
1: Absolutely. But, Senator, you've seen, you know, you've been in Washington for a long time. You know how when a big bill like Phase 4 comes along, suddenly it's like, hey, what's in it for me? And, you know, (laughs) for Nancy Pelosi to talk about, uh, she would like to see uh, infrastructure, uh, frontline workers aid to Washington, D.C. Is that appropriate, given what you just described?
6: Well, what I want to do is address the problem uh, why. What have we learned in the last 48 hours uh, that the disease is worse than the cure? I don't want to hear anybody else compare this to the flu anymore. President Trump has de- decided to extend social distancing through the end of April. Why? Because if we do nothing, 2.2 billion people are going to die of the coronavirus. That's 40 years of flu deaths in one year so this is a terrible disease the cure has to be tough so the idea of creating phase four before you understand if phase three works doesn't make any sense to me i'm hoping that what we're doing now in april and may will slow the disease down come summer the uh, the heat will stop its spread and by the fall we'll be ready to go at it with therapies and vaccines but before i want to talk about phase four I want to make sure phase three works and if anybody puts a damn dime in phase four unrelated to the virus, they're going to be very famous because we're pe- people are dying in this country. It's not now time to do the Green New Deal. If there's any Green New Deal stuff in phase four, if there is a phase four, there'd be one hell of a fight because 2.2 million Americans lives are at risk here.
4: Well, absolutely, but the gun was to everybody's head. Senator, uh, this started in China, uh, and China has not owned up to this. Uh, what do you want to do about this? How much control do we have of stopping the next virus from coming through?
6: Well, I'm gonna write a letter to the World Health Organization and to the Chinese ambassador, asking, asking them to close the Chinese wet markets. These are open air markets where they'll sell, they sell monkey, they sell bat. We think we, this whole thing started from a transmission from a bat to a human. About the last three or four pandemics have come from the Chinese wet markets. I don't think this came from a Chinese military lab, but these wet markets are gross. Uh, they're just absolutely disgusting, selling exotic animals that transmit viruses from animals to human beings. Those things need to shut down.
3: Do you think that's going to do Live any good? Animals. I mean, there's. Yeah, there's been controversy with the World Health Organization through all of this. Do you think China's really going to listen?
6: Well, I think we should uh, I'm going to write a letter to the Chinese ambassador saying if you don't shut those wet markets down, our trading relationship is going to change. The source of this virus is the Chinese wet markets. But when you look, have doctors who come on and ask them how many diseases have come from China through these wet markets where you intermingle all kind of exotic animals, it's just really a gross display of how you prepare food. That- That's horrible. You know,
0: the fact that he's perpetuating something the way they've been eating for thousands of years. Uh, And you could say, well, Tori, evolution. (laughs) Evolution with nanotech? Okay, (laughs) please. This is where you know what hats they wear. I don't know. uh, You know, disinformation is very purposeful. Very purposeful. I'm I'm party to it because it steers correctly. Because I have a lot of ears <laughs> that listen, uh, not loyal listeners, but you know what I mean. And um, uh, they tend to find ways to counter what I am telling you. This was all part of their plan. It just was deployed regardless. They were hoping uh, that this impeachment would go through, and that's why it was deployed in December, you guys. They were sure that they were going to get this impeachment. There was no way, because everybody was resonating the same hate. No, they weren't. No matter how much hate and misinformation you put out, (laughs) it's not going to work. It's really not going to work. Because the people are stronger than that because people are good. And we already have all the cures we need. I've said this again and again. Basic hygiene, okay. We know that. But think. When did all these people, you know, get with the coronavirus that they're telling you? How are people... Now quarantining. How long have they had it? When do they qu- are they quarantining because they have it, or are they quarantining because they know they're going to get it? That's the question people need to ask themselves. That's the question that you should be asking yourself. Why is the media putting out false information? Why is Barack Hussein Oda- Obama? Why is he talking about climate change? You know why? Because they're going to do the same. Look at the emissions in China. They went totally down when they did the whole lockdown. So maybe we should all just stay indoors and do everything remotely because it's climate change. That's why we have coronavirus because climate change includes using, uh, what is it? (laughs) deck, right? Remember how Governor Cuomo said that, you know, oh, they're stealing all our equipment from the hospitals. Oh, my gosh. And it was them that had it. These are the things people need to think about. How are these things panning out? How are all these coincidences happening during an election year? How is it put forward? How is it being done? These are questions you should all ask. How are we not flattening the curve, as they say? But it's escalating. That's because we can test more, right? It's basic. How are they waiting for a second wave? How do they know to wait for a second wave? Why do they know it? Why are they so against everything? I mean, this is a 30-day trial for you guys on socialism right now. I mean, you know, you've got rent tomorrow, right? Those of you can pay for it. I mean, I can. But what about next month? That's your free trial. This is it. this They're telling you that it all came from eating bats in China when they've been eating bats and seahorses forever. I saw bats on a stick when I was there decade over a decade ago. Hmm. And then you have today this really strange interaction that I hope the FBI and the Secret Service have been keeping their eyes on. You know, John Brennan shut down his, um, you know, one of his more active secret Twitter accounts that I've been monitoring. Don't ask me because I will never tell. And then he follows the Washington Post. So the question is, what are they about to drop? All eyes on WAPO, all eyes on their communications because we've got it for the past 72 hours. Let's see what's up. Let's see what they're going to tell you next. Oh, let's not talk about the FISA mistakes. Oh, let's not talk about the fact that the Kennedy sender is laundering money for the DNC, but this is how you do it. You let them pull their own pants down. This is how you show it. And you, your best, you know, um, way to move it forward is by what? Not listening to them. Know that everything is happening for a reason. Know that it's all going forward. That's all you have to think about. This is a false alarm. That is all you have to remember. It is a false alarm. Huh. And we're using this. We're using it to our benefit. We're going to get so much done while, while it's done quietly. So much corruption. So much destruction because they hate you. And the president is letting them own it letting them see it think listen to what canada is saying take a listen
7: masks um have to be utilized appropriately too most people haven't learned how to use masks so there's many practical aspects of this so our advice right now is there is no need to use a mask for
0: no need to use a mask because you don't need to be protected we need you dead how else are we going to keep this going On that note, God bless everyone. And for those of you that are subscribers, I can't wait. Okay? So I had to book this appointment with these guys. They're so hard to get. See you all tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a great evening. God bless.